Hello, everybody. This episode is going to be focused on anorexia. Super fun topic, but also it's very important to talk about. I have been struggling with anorexia since I was about 14, and I have struggled on and off with it since then, and it's been a very difficult experience, and a lot of people really don't understand it. including my own family, they really don't understand it, mostly, and it can be really, really hard to struggle with it, surrounded by people who just don't understand it, and I really want to make this episode to allow people to feel less alone in their struggles, and understand that there's people who really do get it, and I've felt like people just don't get it, People will never understand me. People will never understand the way that I think or the way that I feel. And it's really, really frustrating and upsetting and disheartening. And I really wanted to make this episode for you guys to explain what is anorexia and how does it affect a person who struggles with it and how does it affect the people around them. I was first diagnosed with it when I was 15. I really started to struggle with it before I was diagnosed, but... I was diagnosed with it when I was 60 pounds, when I was 15. I still struggle today. It's a convoluted, frustrating, debilitating, and sometimes fatal illness. But I'm going to dive deep into what this disorder is, the potential causes, and my story around it. Anorexia nervosa is an eating disorder defined as having a distorted perception of weight and abnormally low body weight and an intense fear of weight gain. But there's much more to it than that. It's not simply about maintaining a low body weight. It's a disease that dictates your decisions, your relationships, and your life as a whole. So what causes anorexia? Well, that is a question that many people don't know the answer to, and as someone who has been diagnosed with anorexia and still struggles with it, I can provide my input. But in simple terms, there is no one cause of a mental disorder. It is something that I believe one is born with, but it doesn't necessarily come to the surface until there is some sort of trigger. There can be many triggers that may cause someone to develop their eating disorder further. It can be something as simple as someone commenting on your body as a child. It can be a way of gaining control, or it can be simply having a low self-esteem and a distorted thought process. It varies for every individual. Eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental illness for a reason, and anorexia leads the pack. According to state.sc.us, eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. A study by the National Association of Anorexia Nervosa and Associated Disorders reported that 5-10% to 10% of anorexics die within 10 years after contracting the disease, 18-20% to 20% of anorexics will be dead after 20 years, and only 30-40% to 40% ever fully recover. The mortality rate associated with anorexia nervosa is 12 times higher than the death rate of all causes of death for females 15-24 to 24 years old. 20, 20% of people suffering from anorexia will pr- prematurely die from complications related to their eating disorder, including suicide and heart problems. It affects the person mentally and physically. When someone is starving themselves, they are lacking basic nutrients that allow their body to function. There have been many people who have died from anorexia. I actually met a girl in my first inpatient facility who also struggled with anorexia, and a couple of years later, I found out that she never got better and the disease killed her. I did not know her too well, but I did know her and I was devastated. She was 20 years old. And that is way too young. And Karen Carpenter, for example, was a very talented singer and musician who unfortunately succumbed to her anorexia 
when she died at 32 from heart complications due to her malnourishment. There are many examples of celebrities and regular people who have passed away due to this illness, and every time I read about it, my heart just breaks. I'm either crying or on the verge of tears when I see videos and pictures of myself when I was less than 70 pounds. My little brother has admitted that he was scared of me during that time, and I don't blame him at all. I looked like I was on the verge of death. And quite literally, I was. I was anemic. I was weak. I was frail, dizzy, lightheaded, always cold. My arms were sticks. I was at risk for osteoporosis. I could barely walk up the stairs without losing my breath. I was underdeveloped, and I was 16 and looked like a 12-year-old. My hair was falling out, I lost my period for two years, and I was constantly fatigued. My stomach had literally shrunk so much to the point where I physically could not stomach eating food. I would be satiated after a cup of water. There are a lot of medical and mental complications that come with this illness. I could not focus on anything but food, my weight, my body, and calories. I was completely consumed, no pun intended, by my eating disorder. I would have to leave the room or go to the bathroom to cry when I, whenever I ate in front of people because I was so uncomfortable and self-conscious. I went through a period of abusing laxatives. I did whatever I, it took to lose weight and maintain what I thought was the perfect physique. Some of the emotional and behavioral symptoms of anorexia include, but are not limited to, social withdrawal, preoccupation with food, sometimes cooking meals for others but not eating themselves, refusal to eat, denial of hunger, making excuses for not eating, constantly weighing themselves or measuring their body parts, discussion of fear of weight gain, mirror checking, refusal to eat in public, and irritability. My mother also struggled with an eating disorder around college age, and when she met my father, she was unhealthy and thin. She was abusing drugs, which suppressed her appetite as well. She was harming herself in multiple ways. Her main trigger was homesickness. According to her, her disorder was mainly caused by her depression and low self-esteem and as a means of control. She had just gotten out of an abusive relationship when she met my father as well, which greatly affected her and her disorder. So there are many factors that contribute to, that can contribute to the growth and development of the disease and that can trigger it to even initiate. And my genetic predisposition to having anorexia could have contributed to me having it as well. My anorexia has also caused a tremendous amount of gastrointestinal issues. I've always had a sensitive stomach, but because of the damage that I have intentionally done to my body, I have unintentionally made those issues a lot worse. My purging has damaged my esophagus. I have a high white blood cell count in my stomach and colon. I had to have an endoscopy and colonoscopy done, and I struggle to have no appetite. And I struggle with having no appetite every single day. I dry heave and I throw up stomach acid every other day. My disease is not something to be jealous of. Some ignorant individuals envy those with anorexia because they can be the societal standard of beauty, which needs to be so altered. They have no idea the damage that it causes to your health and your life as a whole. There are also barriers for those with anorexia to receive treatment, the most basic being the fear of getting better. A person with the disease may also simply be in denial that in fact it is a disease. Their cognitive distortions may just be so extreme that they don't see it as an issue. Therefore, they don't think that they need treatment. I personally was like that. I didn't want treatment for it. I was so stuck in my illness that I could neither see myself getting better nor did, that, nor did I have the motivation to try to get better. Another barrier is the financial barrier. The healthcare system in the United States where I live is not up to par whatsoever. According to GoodRx.com, it is so difficult to receive treatment because, quote, 
Recent U.S. laws require mental health parity, which means insurers can't offer a lower level of coverage or higher copayments or coinsurance for mental health care than physical or medical care. But sometimes difficulty arises when the diagnosis doesn't meet, doesn't meet exact criteria for insurance coverage. For example, coverage may, de may be denied if your weight is not low enough for anorexia treatment or, you have ha or you've had no medical consequences from bulimia. You can advocate for coverage by writing a letter to the insurance company, end quote. It, is simply, it simply should not be like this. Like, one's weight not being, quote, low enough should not be cause for the denial of insurance coverage. Having, quote, no medical consequences should not be the cause for denial of insurance coverage either. I don't understand that. It's, it is frankly ridiculous how the criteria is met. Some insurers categorize anorexia and bulimia as severe disorders that require intensive treatment, while others do not. I, I don't understand why everyone is not on the same playing field. Anorexia is indeed a life-threatening illness, no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And the BMI calculator is a load of nonsense as well. If my height 5'1", and my age 20 years old, and my weight 100 pounds, I would be considered at the low end of a healthy weight, but my doctor keeps telling me to gain weight. A 20-year-old who is 5'1 should not be 100 pounds. I should be more than that. Should be like 115. The BMI calculator doesn't account for muscle mass, fat distribution, or waist circumference. There have been many studies that prove that the BMI way of calculating if one is healthy or not is just bogus. But back to the question of what causes anorexia, well, as I previously mentioned, there is no one cause. However, there are triggers, factors, and co-occurring illnesses that play a role in the disorder. Many experts believe that anorexia may be a part of an unconscious attempt to accept unresolved conflicts or difficult childhood experiences through this form of control. OCD is another disorder that has been commonly linked with anorexia due to the similarities in regard to overachieving and perfectionism. A lot of anorexics are perfectionists, including myself. I don't struggle with OCD as severely as I used to, but I have been diagnosed with it. I have an obsessive and addictive personality in general. I am stubborn and I hyper-focus on tasks when I'm motivated. When I'm depressed and unmotivated, I fall into a deep black hole of wallowing that is difficult to escape. But there is also an aspect of my borderline personality disorder. Personalities, personality disorders are often linked with anorexia as well. I have BPD, which is mainly instability in relationships and emotionally, including rapid mood change. It causes me to be extra sensitive. So when someone is or something is triggering me, it can affect me for an extreme period of time. According to VeryWellMind.com, people with borderline personality disorder have a greater prevalence of eating disorders than people in the general population. For example, a widely cited study by Dr. Mary Zanar Zanarini and her colleagues at McLean Hospital found that 53.8% of patients with BPD also met criteria for an eating disorder, compared to 24.6% of patients with other personality disorders. So clearly there is a link between PPD and eating disorders, but why? According to the same article, quote, some experts have suggested that it may be that the symptoms of BPD put one at risk for developing an eating disorder. For example, chronic impulsivity and urges to self-harm that may lead one to engage in problematic eating behavior, which may over time rise to the level of an eating disorder. Conversely, engaging in eating disordered behavior 
may lead to experiences of stress, e.g. intense shame, hospitalization, family disruption, that may trigger BPD in someone with a genetic vulnerability for the disorder. Essentially, the two co-occurring illnesses can have adverse effects on each other. Aspects of, e of BPD, like impulsivity, can cause someone to engage in eating disorder behaviors, and engaging in eating disorder behaviors can cause effects that trigger BPD behaviors. All in all, co-occurring illnesses can be a main aspect and of the development and severity of someone's anorexia. Another major trigger that isn't spoken about as often is health class in schools. Health classes try to take the approach that, quote, healthy eating is about portion control and nutrition facts. But this can cause someone with a predisposition to anorexia to be triggered into focusing on the food labels to the point of obsession. Or, quote, portion control can be used as an excuse to restrict. There needs to be more awareness brought to these issues in schools, and health classes need to be more inclusive of them. Students have stated that they begin to worry and obsess over things that they weren't previously worried about because of the approach that health classes take to teach their students. And the lack of proper nutrition or illness edu education can allow people with anorexia to genuinely believe that their behavior or restriction is healthy when it is certainly not. Another thing that plays a big role in anorexia is social media. Social media allows people to put on a facade that their life is completely put together, when usually it's all a front. However, people with distorted thoughts are envious of these people's ideal lives and more particularly their bodies. The classic model type is tall and thin. People, especially females, are susceptible to being jealous of these body types and will do whatever they can to look like that. Comparison in general is a major aspect of anorexia. I personally will see a girl with a body type that I strive to have and I will start to restrict and exercise excessively to look that certain way because my disorder believes that that's the solution. A lot of people with anorexia have the mentality that the lower the number on the scale, the better. They believe that the number defines their worth. It's an irrational mentality, but mental illnesses are not in any way rational. And some people, like me, can dis differentiate between when they're in that rational mindset and when they're not in that rational mindset. And when they're in the rational mindset, they can usually acknowledge that their irrational thoughts are irrational, but it's really hard to acknowledge it when they're in their irrational mindset, if that makes sense. And many people don't understand or empathize with that mentality that simply, simply because they think it's ignorance. Some of the smartest people have anorexia. It's not about intelligence. It's an illness that causes some very unwise decisions regarding one's own well-being, but that doesn't make the person unintelligent. Trauma can also be a contributing factor to eating disorders. Purging does not necessarily have to be about ridding food. It could be about ridding emotions, memories, and experiences. According to CenterForDiscovery.com, eating disorders are not entirely about food, but rather a way to control that specific aspect in an individual's life. An individual may feel out of control or powerless after experiencing a traumatic event, and as a result, they use restricting or binging behaviors to control that aspect of their life in order to hide their feelings of shame, hopelessness, and fear. Other self-destructive behaviors that are used to self-medicate after a traumatic event is non-suicidal self-injury, which includes cutting and other forms of self-mutilation in order to relieve feelings of guilt and anger. Eating disorders are like any other self-destructive behavior, and they are ways to maintain control while distancing oneself from the pain. Uh, others may not even realize that their loved one is strongly affected by tra a traumatic event, because they're able to bury their emotions through their eating habits to the point that the individual may completely forget why their eating disorder began in the first place. 
So eating disorders can become fatal very quickly, especially when the individual is good at hiding their struggles. Eating disorders can cause the victims to become dishonest and manipulative, but the victims are also being lied to and manipulated by their illness. It's a vicious cycle. Anorexics often lie that they ate when they didn't. They lie about how much they ate and what they ate. They manipulate the scale to appear that they're gaining weight when they know they're not. And they lie about how they feel so that others aren't concerned. Anorexics often don't even want people to know that they're struggling because they don't want to bring attention to it. Once attention is brought to it, they know that their recovery will be the focus to people who care about them. But their illness manipulates them into believing that they don't want to recover. All in all, there needs to be more awareness brought to anorexia and other eating disorders as well. There is a stigma surrounding it and, it, and changes need to be made. The stigma can be a significant obstacle in reaching out for help. Anorexia is already an incredibly isolating illness and the stigma just justifies the anorexic's isolation. They are afraid to be open and honest because they are afraid of the pity, the attention, the insensitivity, the lack of understanding, the lack of empathy, and the belittling that comes with having anorexia. So please do your research on the signs and symptoms of eating disorders. Raise awareness, support eating disorder causes, and most importantly, if you know someone who's struggling, support them in the best way that you can and try to understand their mental state, empathize with them, put yourself in their shoes. I know it's difficult to comprehend the mentality that they have, but it's important that you empathize and at least attempt to understand. So that's going to be it for this episode on anorexia. This is Ebbs and Flows with Zoe Frenchman. I'm Zoe, and I will talk to you guys in my next episode.